And it's now time for the Billy C Show. Part of the BillyCBoxing.com network. And we're coming to you live from the Billy C Studios in Lake George, New York. I'm Bill Caligero, and it's time for the Billy C Show. Good morning, good day, good evening. Whenever you're watching, whenever you're listening, I hope you're doing okay today. Today's show is being brought to us in part by Sal's Neighborhood Pizzeria, an Italian restaurant located on St. Simon's Island in Georgia. Check out the website, Pizzeria. Dot com. We'll give my man a call, 912-268-2328, 912-268-2328. Find out why I go all the way to St. Simon's for an authentic Italian meal. And today's show is being brought to us in part by my book, Tom Molino, From Bondage to Baddest Men on the Planet, is available right now where all good books are sold. You can get a copy of this book right now while you're watching or listening to this show. That's right. I don't care if you're watching on TV. I don't care if you're listening on the radio. I don't care if you're watching on uh, the internet or YouTube or listening to a podcast. Get a copy right now. Just go to barnesandnoble.com or amazon.com. Find out why I'm so adamant about getting Tom Molino's story told. Hey, you want a signed copy? Just visit our website, billycboxing.com and click on the book. You can't miss it. Or if you want more than one copy, just drop me an email and I will uh, take care of you. Yeah, I'll give you a discount price and everything. Billy at Talking Boxing. That's T-A-L-K-I-N-B-O-X-I-N-G dot com. Coming up a little bit later, we are scheduled to have uh, my man Dax Khan join us, as well as uh, Alex Perpali. Uh, we want to talk about uh, uh, the Tyson Fury against Deontay Wilder fight which uh, has been signed, sealed, and delivered. There's also been a three-city tour. And my main question, is it going to live up to the hype? I mean, uh, you know, we want the heavyweight division. I don't know if you've seen some of the press conferences, some of the talk uh, going back and forth. I got some quotes. Uh, They're really trying to build the linear title um, that they're saying Tyson Fury holds. You know, as much as I was uh, very supportive of the linear title, the man who beat the man, uh, somewhere around 1990, I think we had to uh, forget about that just because of the way that all the divisions, not just the heavyweight division, is split up. So, I mean, it's not, it's just a marketing ploy. And for all you young whippersnappers out there, don't fall for it. Don't fall for it. Speaking of falling. How about Tomas Adamak getting knocked out in two rounds by big, fat baby Miller? That's right. He's a fat pig. 317 pounds worth of fat pigness. Just a little side note. He made his pro debut at 250. In one of his, uh, if you go back three years, 10 fights, his last 10 fights, uh, he was 283 and a half pounds. He gained 34 and a half pounds in his last 10 fights, which is three years, that's over 10 pounds a year, boys and girls. I wonder how many donuts that is. What a fraud uh, this guy is. I, it makes me sick when I, I, I to hear his name even discussed uh, in, in, in the conversation just makes me sick, especially when you dissect his record. Show me one opponent, aside from Gerald Washington, that was even a, a legitimate opponent. Not one. 
This guy's a fraud. This guy's a big, fat fraud. Joining me right now to get his thoughts uh, is my man, uh, uh, Sal Rocky Senecola. He's a big, fat fraud, Sal. What do you think? Well, he may be big and fat, but if he keeps getting some knockouts here and there, you know, it's uh, it's going to add up one day, you know? Maybe to what? To a lot of knockouts over, over, over bums? I mean, come on. Since when? Sal, please. I'm here. I'm please. Here. Please, you got to fight somebody, right? I mean, well, come you on. Gotta fight somebody. Everybody's got to fight somebody sometime. It's a different one, That's true. but and but it, I, I mean, let's and when be he real. Gets to that point, and he fights a real real opponent. You know, we'll see if he can uh, step up to the, to the test, and uh, if he can't, hey, it'll be a lifetime of donuts. Who knows? I just want to know what the deal is with him. Uh, you got something going on here uh, with your uh, video. It's like uh, flat, like you got a strobe light going Wait, on. Wait, you know, I, I see that. Yeah, I see that. yeah. It's uh, that? Uh, no, it might just be a. I, I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, um, you know, when you take a look at Jarrell Miller's resume, his record, yeah. okay, um, and you know, like Johan Duapaz. Uh, was a guy that is a solid uh, uh, journeyman fighter. I mean, he goes rounds. Um, and he went 12 with, with Miller. Miller was gassed out. Maurice Wach, another guy. Uh, but these are, these are guys that really had similar paths to where Jarrell Miller is. So the truth of the matter is, is they can't possibly be considered good. Now, Gerald Washington was a legitimate uh, opponent for uh, for Jarrell Miller. Uh, that was last year in July of 2017. Uh, Washington was 18-1-1 one one, uh, when he went in and fought Miller. And I will give Jarrell Miller credit for that win. But every other fight on his resume, now he's had 23 professional fights, including uh, the one last night against Tomas Adamak, uh, have been just complete, uh, uh, just... What makes me sick, I, I can't even find a word. What makes me sick, Sal, is that this guy is in a discussion for being a potential heavyweight title, world title challenger, most likely to Anthony Joshua down the road. I just want to know, how does he earn it? How, how do fighters earn their shots now? That That's the part that I'm sick over. Well, Bill, you and I know. It, it, it's either from... Uh hanging around, having your wins, being the best of the bad, rising to the occasion, money under the table. Who knows? It's an it's accumulation of any one of those things or all of those things. And, and you know, it, like I said, this guy's hanging around. He's beating, you know, whatever they put in front of him, even though it may not be what we think are, are the top contenders here uh, or know for a fact. But, you know, he's a constant. And in this game, Today, being a constant adds up for something. Yeah. That's well, it. That's, well, that's it. It, it, it. It's just by, you know, being around. That he's a constant. But that's... And eventually, it's going to be his turn. Well... If, if, if uh, there's no any nobody else that's going to rise the occasion or, or take a little of the limelight or take the shadow. It's the reality of the game today. Sal, just because you fight and stay busy and fight bums should not equal getting a world title shot. What bothers me the most is it sends a signal to young fighters that they say to themselves, why should I bust my butt in the gym 
when, you know, I'm not going to get the opportunity. When you look at Jarrell Miller's record, he makes his pro debut at uh, approximately 250 pounds. He fought another fight right after that at 248, but he's been, you know, subsequently going up in weight. I mean, think about that. In a career, Sal, that started in 2009, okay? So we're talking about a nine-year career. This guy has gained 67 pounds. Now, granted, he's a heavyweight, but 67 pounds. He's only 30 years old. He outweighed Tomas Adamak by 90 pounds. What was it? I think 90 pounds. I think he outweighed uh, Adamak by 90 pounds. Let's see. How tall is he? uh, was it 90 or 60? It might have been 60. I, I might, I'm, I'm wrong. It might have been 60 pounds. Um, but, uh, but in any event, I mean, h- how does this happen? You know, I, I remember, um, you know, one time I, I, I was involved in a fight uh, up at the Turning Stone. And it was a heavyweight fight. And one fighter came in at 201 pounds. Okay, 201 and th- that's a heavyweight. 200 pounds is a heavyweight. And there are no limits or, or there's, there's no, uh, you know, range uh, technically on the books. But the, the other fighter was like 247 pounds. So it was like a 47-pound, 46-pound difference, all right? Mm-hmm. Um, the commission would not let the fight happen. And the reason... Which I, oppo- which I was opposed to at the time, was that there too- was a too much of a weight discrepancy between the two fighters. Now, in this particular case, the fighters were close to the same height. So, I mean, it, you know, and at the time, I was pissed because I was saying, well, well it's a heavyweight division. Oh, what difference does it make as long as he weighed 200 pounds? But when I look at this and I see the discrepancy in weight, uh, where it's, uh, you know, 90-pound difference or 67-pound difference. I forget what it was. Um, I'll find out in a second here. But uh, that was a big enough difference not to let the fight happen, in my opinion. I mean, if you really are looking out for the safety of a fighter, how safe was Adamak in there with a fighter uh, over over 90 pounds uh, uh, difference in weight? What do you think? You know, Bill, it's funny because the rules of boxing and the rules of engagement in the fight game, they, they, they differ on some level. And this is the level that tips the scale, no pun intended. But, you know, because you have weight classes that have been fabricated every five pounds to, for the safety of the fighters. And then all of a sudden the heavyweight, yeah, you got a 30 to 60 pound discrepancy if, if you have a super heavyweight. Uh, I use the term, it's not a weight class. Um, for, for the fact that he's going to fight a guy that's uh, 30, 60 pounds lighter. But I guess the thought process is if you're over 200 pounds or 250, you know, it, it, it's going to be the same uh, mass, uh, any weight with the same force coming at you. So, you know, relatively speaking, uh, I, you know, I, I, I can't, uh, I don't have a doctorate in physics, but I'm just trying to say that the, you know, there's got to be a certain uh, threshold that they could just say, hey, you know, no holds barred. You're over 200 pounds. Hey, 205 could deliver the same impact as a 300-pounder. But, uh, you know, whether that's true fact or fiction, uh, I don't know. 
Well, it's 90-pound difference was the weight. And uh, I, I'm, I'm going nuts here with your flash and uh, strobe light you know, uh, yeah, set. Um, uh, you know, uh, but anyway, it, 90 pounds, 90 pounds in the heavyweight division. Um, you know, and, and the thing is, is he's a fat pig. That's all he is. And it's, it's, it's sad that that's what this sport has become. Uh, where, where, uh, who? How tall is who? Miller? Miller. M- Miller is uh, on the books at six foot four, and uh, well, I mean, I, he's he looks like Humpty friggin' Dumpty with hands. Uh, d- d- listen, listen. There's no way that you can justify gaining sixty seven pounds from the start of a career to to the point is now where a guy is thirty years old and he's put on fat. It's not like he's become a chiseled fighter. Well, uh, and that's you know, the difference. I mean, if he's doing weight training, of course, muscle mass is heavier than fat. So uh, that would that would explain some of it. But, uh, I mean, if he's had a steady increase and uh, his girth is increasing as well, overall from the belly to the, to the, to the shoulders, um, you know, if he's looking more round and square than uh, chiseled and, and uh, veed, uh, then you know you got an issue. <laughs> He's got uh, I don't, uh, Sal, Sal, I, I know you always try to always to try do to a counterpoint, but man, you know sometimes you're 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 treading water without treading water. I, I mean, there's there's I don't think anybody can can give any justification. It was a mismatch fight against an older fighter that shouldn't be fighting if if the, the commissions really care about the safety of the fighters. Tomas Adamak shouldn't even be fighting. And if he is, if they do let him fight, he should fight against a like opponent, an opponent similar in age, similar in statue, ex, uh, stature, etc., etc. Not a mismatch. You don't feed a fighter no. like Tomas Adamak, a two-division world champion, uh, to a bum like Jarrell Miller. I, I, I'm sorry. Okay, but uh, on that other card, junior junior welterweight and uh, welterweight champ Jesse Vargas and Thomas DeLorme uh, fought to a 12-round draw. Uh, Vargas uh, improves or drops to, however you like to look at a draw. 28 wins, two losses, and two draws. And DeLorme goes to 24 wins, three losses, and a draw. The way the judges scored it, uh, two had it 113-113. One had it 115-111. Uh, for Jesse Vargas. I thought Vargas uh, squeaked out that fight, but uh, uh, that is what it is. But uh, s- slipping back to the heavyweight division, if you, Daniel Dubois, he fought yesterday in England, all right? He's uh, an up-and-coming uh, fighter. Uh, he improved to 9-0 and with eight knockouts uh, when he went the distance for the first time in his career against a guy that at one point I thought was a legitimate uh, contender for to be a world champion. I thought he was one of the best fighters. He's turned into a journeyman, and he's turned into a really good test, a good gauge for these young fighters, and that's Kevin Johnson. Uh, he did go the difference. All three uh, judges scored it, or actually the way they do it in England, unless it's a title fight, the referee scores it. Uh, gave all t- uh, 10 rounds to uh, Dubois, uh, 100 to 91. Uh, Johnson, who's 39 years old, uh, is a much more legitimate opponent for a young up-and-coming fighter than Tomas Adamak is. And when you look at Daniel Dubois' record, now I know I'm going to get some people disagreeing with me here, but Daniel Dubois, 
uh, is a fighter who's 21 years old, young kid, uh, an inch taller than than uh, uh, Miller, but and he's only got the nine fights now. But if you look at his last four fights, his last four fights, Kevin Johnson, Tom Little, uh, D.L. Jones, and Dorian Darch, I, I, I believe that every one of those opponents are better than every opponent that Miller has faced. With, 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 well, put an asterisk next to it because I give Miller credit for fighting and beating Gerald Washington. And Tomas Adamak is a name. Okay, so obviously Adamak's name is bigger than any one of, of uh, Daniel Dubois' opponents. But a name is a name, Sal. A name is just a name. We're not talking about Tomas Adamak from 10 years ago. We're talking about a 41-year-old Tomas Adamak that shouldn't even be fighting, that was tested uh, extra times for possible brain uh, damage. And, and, you know, this is a guy that shouldn't have been fighting a fighter that has 90-pound advantage over him. I'm sorry, but you want to see a real fight? I would like to see a young fighter like Dubois, who's still developing. This is a raw fighter. Don't, don't, don't even, don't, yeah, don't even get me wrong here, ladies and gentlemen. No. I am not trying to say that he's a polished fighter, but I would love to see him fight Miller because even though Miller claims he's the best in the world, because he does, Sal, this is a good fight. I would like to see Dubois fight Miller. I want to see Miller fight someone who's in the, uh, you know, in the discussion of being a contender. What's your thoughts? That might be a perfect fight. You know, get this uh, Dubois maybe one or two more fights and, uh, you know, let him get it a little more seasoning and uh, put him in against Miller. And that will be uh, if Dubois could step up and, and, and tame Miller there, it'll be his chance to get to, in the rankings and uh, beat somebody that the boxing world has held higher than what you and I feel he deserves to be. Um, and at least he'll have a little name under his belt, notch in his gun, that he can validate why he is in the ranking. So I think that would be a real good fight, Bill. And uh, great call on your end. You know what I'm going to start calling you? Who's that guy, that guy that saw the future? Nostradamus. I'm going to call you Nostradamus. Nostradamus. You're going to smell the future a mile away. I'm just all I'm. I'm not trying to. All I'm trying to say is, you know, fighters that pound. There is not, in my opinion. There's nothing that aggravates me more than watching a fighter pound his chest and say he's the best when he's fought no one. No one. Now, you, you know, I, I don't mind a fighter that says he's the best and he has a resume to prove it. You know, I, I mean, but these guys today and all these young fans that buy into this, I, I mean, it's, 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 it's sad. It's sad. Anyway, another fight I want to mention real quick uh, in the uh, light heavyweight division, Artur Beaterbeef. Uh, retained his uh, IBF uh, World Light Heavyweight title when he stopped uh, uh, Callum Johnson in the fourth round, uh, and uh, he improved to 13 and 0. All of his wins coming by knockout, uh, and uh, Callum Johnson loses for the first time in his career. It was only four rounds, but it was four action-packed rounds. And when you see a fight like that, uh, you know. Uh, it doesn't matter if it only goes several rounds. It's it's exciting. But uh, my question to you, Sal, and we're going to be asking this to Alex and Dax as they come on, is this. Your idol, your dream fighter, 
your fighter that you think is the best on the planet, the baddest man, and speaking about pounding his chest, uh, Deontay Wilder is fighting Tyson Fury December 1st in uh, Los Angeles, California, on Showtime pay-per-view. And, um, you know, I personally don't think that Tyson Fury should have taken this fight right now. I don't think he's... Uh, uh, polished yet again since his three-year layoff. But my question of the day is, do you think, and I don't know if you've caught any of these, these total WWE-style press conferences. Again, if people fall for these, if people don't think that these have been choreographed and planned in ahead about exactly what they're going to say and who's going to say this and who's going to bump this one and all of that. If you don't think they already know what's going to happen, then you don't you don't know much. You're, you're pretty stupid, okay? Because all of these were choreographed. It was almost like the same words said over and over for the different crowds. It, it, it's, it's WWE 100%, okay? And I guess that's the way to get young people's attention today is to uh, do this kind of thing. Um, my my question, I'll be, uh, I might as well ask you the damn question, right? Ask me the question, Billy. Yeah, I'm, hey, I'm, I'm waiting, I'm waiting. I'm flashing I'm lights gotta, here. I gotta shave again, man. <laughs> I'm, I gotta shave again. I'm flashing lights here. I want to know what the question hey, is. It's, it's, the, it's the strobe effect. The question. I got a short, I got a blinking light above me. I feel like I'm in a, in a, uh, in a, uh, in a bomb shelter here with, <laughs> It's like, this light keeps blinking. I gotta go if that's corner. what it was, why did you keep jamming and shaking your computer like it was the computer? Hey, well, listen. You know what? Because I think it's on the same line, and I see a light blinking in my computer, and I think it's a connection. All right. My uh, question. I think, I think a lot my, of My question. My question. question. Let me think about this question. Well, let me ask it. Is it going to live up to the hype, in your opinion? Even though I know you have Deontay Wilder underwear and, you know, you love this guy because I don't know why. He has he has no boxing skill. He's got one thing. He's a one-trick pony. He's a knockout artist. I do believe he can knock out Tyson Fury. I do believe it. And I, and I think Deontay Wilder very easily can knock out Fury if he can land a punch. But my question is, forget that. Do you think the fight itself will live up to the hype that they're attempting attempting to give it. I think it will because, you know, you have two fighters that are out to prove they're the best and they believe they're the best. And what's going to happen, you know, Tyson Fury is going to try to nullify the range and the arms and the octopus style punches coming at him by holding on, clinching, putting his weight on on uh, on uh, uh, what, 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 what he's going to try to do is just keep him pinned up on the ropes. And and I think if Deontay Wilder is not careful, the fight could be more of a waltz dance where Tyson Fury is trying to, like I said, nullify Deontay Wilder's punching ability with those arms flailing and uh, pinning him up on the ropes. And and uh, Deontay Wilder is going to have to learn how to shake loose, step back, and let the arms fly. And uh, I'm sure, like I said, I give a lot of credence, not just to, not just to Deontay Wilder, because I think he he is the real deal on, on a lot of levels. Uh, at least I think he, he needs to tighten up in certain areas. 
But, you know, I, I think Mark Breland is really the brainchild that can help him mature into the seasoned, polished fighter that will, well, I, I don't think it, it'll shine with his style, but the guy's effective. The guy wins, and the guy's got that equalizer. He's got that punch. And you know what? That's what people love to see. And this guy can has the ability to knock out anybody on this earth. So, you know, I think if he's careful, Tyson Fury is going to try to just just uh, tie up, take away that range that Deontay Wilder needs to wind up and to, to deliver that haymaker. But I think he, he'll, he'll pin him up. He'll try to box him. He'll try to move. Uh, he'll, he'll put his weight on him. And Deontay Wilder just got to be smart enough to shake loose, step back, and let the hands fly, and uh, and 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 keep that distance between the two fighters that he's looking for. Uh, but I do see that Deontay Wilder should should knock out Tyson Fury. I believe so, and I believe it will happen before the end of the fight. But the question is, will it be? Will it live up to the hype? Do you think it's going to live up to the hype? I, I think it will. I think it will. Well, well here's. Like I, said, I think it's, it, 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 it's going to end in a knockout, and, and that's part of the hype. And I think you're that, right. uh, you'll have Deontay Wilder knocking him out. And I think there's going to be some, I use the term, you know it, ebb and flow. I think it'll, it'll go back and forth a little bit. I think each fighter will have opportunities that'll be missed and that will be taken. But I think in the, the, the long term uh, endurance, and the level of, of, of uh, believability and wanting to fight, I think Tyson Fury will be the one that will be falling on the canvas and not getting up. Well, if anyone's going to get knocked out, I agree with you that it's going to be Tyson Fury. I, I, you know, Tyson Fury doesn't have the punching power. He doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't have the punching power. But then again, I, you know, you, you have to ask yourself, does he have more punching power than than Ortiz, than Luis Ortiz did? I doubt and, it. And, well, well, Ortiz, listen, I've seen Ortiz. I've called two of his fights. I've seen him up close. Um, he doesn't appear to have punching power. No, he doesn't. Um, but but uh, Tyson Fury, for a guy his size, definitely doesn't. Uh, he has been hurt. But but And you mentioned Breland, and i got to take a break here, but you're mentioning Breland, and I agree with you. Breland is a is a great young trainer. I, I you know the problem is is that he's he's trying to teach a guy that doesn't doesn't listen. Uh, we saw Deontay Wilder fight one time as a boxer, one time, and that was his first fight against Stavern. Since then, he hasn't. And by being fed cupcake after cupcake and annihilating these guys because they're 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 not supposed to be in a ring with with you know anyone that's uh bet you know better than them or whatever um this guy has not learned so he, he just goes in and thinks everyone's going to be easy you know just to just to make a point my hang up is when you know you can't have these young fighters fighting a a, a great champion right out of the gate that's not what i'm suggesting so people i think i'm trying to oh yeah like you got a young fighter oh he's got to fight right away no my point is is that they you need to have fighters fight equal opposition on the way up the better fighters will will prevail and they rise to the top what's happening today is you get these fighters that might have some uh you know promotional backing or some financial backing and they're protected 
So they're staying busy like the Fat Pig Millers and the Deontay Wilders. They're staying busy and they're knocking out their opponents. But their opponents have no business being in the ring with a, with a fighter that's a legitimate fighter. And we don't get, to, and on the other side, we don't get to see if these fighters are developing, if they're really that good, etc., etc. Then everyone says they were exposed. As soon as they lose, ah, they were exposed. It's a true statement. They were exposed. But, they, but the problem is, is that they were never tested. And that's the problem. You know, uh, we'll continue to talk on uh, whether we think this fight's going to live up to the hype, but they certainly are hyping. Uh, Tyson Fury against Deontay Wilder, uh, so much so that the WBC World Heavyweight Champion Deontay Wilder fighting against the Linear World Heavyweight Champion. They're they're bringing that out of mothballs to uh, to throw that because you know I I mean because unfortunately today the consumer the majority of the consumers out there won't buy a fight unless it's like that. So, you know, they're programmed to lay on the BS, to lay on the cow poop, if you will. You know, so it's uh, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. But uh, in any event, what? Watch, it Sal. You got one more thing. Hurry up. I got to take a break. Yeah. Well, I got to. I got to. <laughs> go ahead. Hurry. You got 30 seconds. Okay, 30 seconds. Hey, it is ridiculous. But here's the difference today. You know what? Back in the old days when uh, that was just two decades ago or so, you had key promoters, Don King, Bob Arum, Lou Duva, and these guys were the mouthpieces for their fighters, the representation, the promotion, and they made it bigger than life. And they put the showcase on. You knew who was fighting. You knew about it because it was a household name. We don't have that today. So these fighters have to pull these certain antics. These fighters have to promote themselves to a degree. These fighters have to put on a little show. Yeah, it could be choreographed, it could be said, it could be this, that, everything else. And I also believe, and I've said this before for a couple of years now, that the, we have not seen the best Deontay Wilder yet. Nah. Listen, hold, hold that thought. we got to take a break. Hold that thought because we're going to talk a lot more about this as the show goes on. i got to take a break. We're going to kick Sal to the curb. we got Dax Khan scheduled to come up, and then we'll get back to uh, my man Sal. So uh, don't go nowhere. Billy C. will be right back. Now back to Billy, Billy C. C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're watching and listening to the Billy C. Show. Glad you could be with us. And uh, this morning we're uh, talking uh, about the fights last night and about uh, this fight coming up. Tyson Fury against uh, Deontay Wilder. Is it going to live up to the hype? Well, joining us right now uh, is my man uh, Dax Khan. Good morning, Dax. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing okay, my man. How are you doing? I'm doing well. We're going to talk some boxing. Got some watch, some exciting boxing. I don't know if anybody else seen the uh, the kickoff of the World Boxing Super Series about an hour ago. I missed it, but I saw that. Uh, I, I was going to. I was hoping that you were going to. Uh, I saw the results, but I, I was hoping you were going to give us a, sh a rundown on that. Um, let me say, let me just say this, Bill, Sal, everybody. Noyo and Nui has got to be 
the most exciting fighter right now in the sport. He, he's he's a bantamweight version of a Deontay Wilder, of, of a Mike Tyson. He's the most exciting bantamweight in my memory, even more exciting than a young prime Manny Pacquiao. I mean, he just totally went over there and he just destroyed Payano. Hey, does, now didn't he move up two weight classes since he started uh, not that long ago? Hasn't yeah, well, he moved this, up? It, it, this, is, this was his 17th professional fight. Uh, 12 of those 17 fights have been title fights. Um, 10 of them title defenses. Uh, you know, he, he's fought, you know, nothing but top names. You know, Antonio Nieves, a, uh, Kono, um, Boyu, uh, Norvaez. And, you know, today, obviously, he stopped um, uh, Payano. Uh, yeah, this is uh, his third world title. He's held the WBC t uh, title, I, I believe, the flyweight and then the WBO super flyweight. And, you know, and now he has the, uh, the WBA um, bantamweight title that he won just earlier this year against a very good Jamie McDonald. Yeah, no, he's uh, he's the real deal, and I, I tell you, if it wasn't for the uh, World Boxing Super Series, uh, we wouldn't be getting uh, uh, the fights that we are. I, I I love that Super Series, and um, I, I'm I'm wishing that it just keeps going and and doing as well as as it has. But um, to jump back to last night, Dax, um, I, I started the show talking about Jarrell Miller. I just what bothers me. It's not that I wanted to give him any any press because I'm so disappointed in the sport for giving this guy the props that they do. He weighed 317 pounds. I don't know if you were catching some of the some of the stats I threw out there about how much weight he's gained since he turned pro less than 10 years ago. Uh, but he outweighed Tomas Adamak, who came out of retirement for this fight. This guy, well over 40. Um, uh, by 90 pounds, and and, and yet it, it, the, the worst part of this is that he's ranked by several sanctioning bodies and he's going to get a world title shot for yet to have fought a real fight. What's your thoughts? Yeah, he came 317. That was definitely the highest of his career. I think he came in about 308 or 309 at one time not too long ago. Um, you know, the fact, you know, he fought a 41-year-old fadist, Thomas Adamak. Uh, I was at a lot of Thomas Adamak's uh, early fights at heavyweight when he was going against guys like uh, a Michael Grant or a, um, uh, who, who's the other guy that he went? The one that beat uh, Kevin McBride, you know, a lot bigger guys, but very limited guys. And that's before he was, you know, faded. Jarrell Miller. You know, his best win, in my opinion, is over Johan Duopas, a guy who, who is big and proven he can last rounds. He has uh, some wins over guys like Emmanuel Char, but, you know, he went in there against Wilder and Povetkin, even though he came up short. He showed he's tough. But, you know, other than that, Jerrell Miller hasn't done anything impressive. Um, if it wasn't for that weight, in my opinion, Jerrell Miller... He wouldn't be able to handle the punches of these oversized heavyweights. At six foot four, he's actually an undersized heavyweight for today. It's it's that weight that allows him to absorb these punches. But you know, in terms of uh, being ranked and in terms of him being uh, marketable, you know, it's the error. You know, it's not hard to market guys today if you do it the right way. You know, uh, you know, I kind of use this example as um, you know, people need to pay more attention to exactly, you know, what's going on in front of them. It's kind of like if you have an old Ford Pinto that you want to get rid of and you find somebody that you can convince that this was actually the very first version of the DeLorean before the DeLorean had doors that opened on the sideways and could fly and somebody buys that, you know what, that's the buyer beware fault. So that's more or less what's going on with Jarrell Miller and in this sport. So Jarrell Miller, he's 
you know, he, he's good for the sport in terms of uh, talking and entertainment-wise, but in, you're right, in terms of where he's ranked and who he's fought, he hasn't fought anybody of note. And you did mention Daniel Dubois earlier. Right. That's. Uh, I was just going to get to that. You know, first of all, he's not entertaining by... I'm talking about Miller. He's not entertaining by shooting off his mouth. You could make an argument that he's entertaining in the ring, but you have to put in perspective who he's fought. I give him some credit for do a pause, but do a pause is a stationary uh, punching bag. The credit I give him for his win against Gerald Washington, because they were both similar at similar spots at the time they fought, and I, I do give him credit for that. But Daniel Dubois, a guy who's only 9-0, and a guy who I thought has fought more relevant uh, fighters in his last four fights beat Kevin Johnson. Now, Kevin Johnson has turned into a journeyman, but that's the kind of fighter that Miller had to fight, Dax. A guy like Kevin Johnson, show us that you can beat a guy like that. But even a guy like Kevin Johnson, who's uh, you know was was uh, right in the mix of the heavyweight division now he's a he's a gauge he's a test if you will for these young guns um Dubois went the distance with him for the first time in his career this is a guy I'd like to see fight a Miller but yet Miller's already in line for a title fight my my whole point is that this guy has not really been tested somewhere along the line he's been protected maybe because of like what you just said his mouth his antics, some people like it. Some people think it's marketable. What's your thoughts, Dubois, against uh, uh, against uh, Miller? Well, Dubois is only 21 years old. A lot like uh, Miller is, you know, Dubois is really an undersized heavyweight for this era, even though he any other area he would be oversized and again he only has nine fights and going against somebody like Kevin Johnson who even though he is uh, past his best he was never an elite fighter but again he's the guy that has been in there with so many top names and going the distance including a Klitschko brother uh, you know Kevin Johnson uh, you know, he's a guy that knows all the tricks. He's the type of guy that, you know, a young fighter like Daniel Dubois needs to be in there because they're learning from these tricks. They're learning uh, from any mistakes that they're uh, going to make in there, and they're really not in danger of uh, being stopped. You know, now remember, you know, young fighters, we don't really see them learning. We don't see them practicing or capitalizing or reviewing what they've done wrong, especially when they're on a roll. Recently, Daniel Dubois has, you know, kind of uh, formed a friendship with another former heavyweight, and they have been seen, you know, studying clips and um, performances of Daniel Dubois and then going in and working on those in the ring and actually perfecting whether or not it's the jab, whether or not it's the hook, whether or not it's the head movement. And Daniel Dubois has spent a lot of time recently with Lennox Lewis and working a lot inside training camps with Lennox Lewis, which tells me, you know, Daniel Dubois is, you know, somebody who takes it more serious. He doesn't talk a lot. And, you know, and that's something that uh, maybe Jarrell Miller should think more of and that's something that I think is going to separate Daniel Dubois you know come a few more fights from a lot of these other guys he's very I mean make no mistake Daniel Dubois is very raw but I don't think that I but he does connect and I don't think that uh he could uh last against uh I don't think Miller could last against Dubois the only way he could is Miller Miller can box but because of his extra weight that he's carrying around he runs out of gas um just to pause for a second here uh, my man Joel gave us a super chat. Was asking me what my opinion from uh, on Uf yesterday's UFC pay per view event, the McGregor Kahib fight. Um, McGregor lost. I, you know, I, I don't follow the UFC. Everybody knows that I'm not a big MMA fan, but I I did see some clips of it. And I, you know, all I'm going to say is this. And Dax, you and I have talked about this. 
You know, in, in, in MMA, you tap out. And nobody says anything. Yeah, he was in a chokehold. Yeah, he's probably going to, you know, die or something. I don't know. But he taps out. Nobody says anything, right? In boxing, you're getting your face punched in. You, you can't remember where you are. Your brains are like scrambled eggs. And you stay on your stool because you've had enough. And the fans will crucify you for quitting on your stool. That's the one thing that bothers me about the two sports, Dax. And I know you follow MMA. MMA, is there's no disgrace in tapping out. But boxing, regardless of the beating that you're taking, if you stay on your stool or shake your head and say, I've had enough, and walk away, you're crucified. What's your thoughts? Well, in MMA, I believe, you know, the difference is that um, guys that tap out, more or less, they're already in a hold and they know that if they should go any further, you know, they're uh, going to have something broken or dislocated. They can feel it. Um, if you uh, look at uh, an old uh, fighter, Frank Mir, when he won one of his titles, I forget, um, against us, uh, uh, Tim Silva, when actually Tim Silva wasn't going to tap out and you actually see Tim Silva's arm break, you see the bone go up uh, to, to the skin, to the surface. And, you know, uh, the other times, you know, when these guys get into a lot of these chokeholds, they feel themselves falling out. They feel themselves, you know, starting to sleep. And if the referee isn't tapping them out, they're going to tap out before, you know, they actually go unconscious. I think that is the difference between that and boxing. And, you know, so, and I understand what you're saying, but, you know, that is, that is just, you know, it's the difference. I just think that in MMA, as you stated in boxing, you know, when somebody sits on their stool because they've had enough, they know they're, you know, they're, uh, they're taking too much punishment. In MMA, it's just they know a lot quicker how soon the end is going to come. And, and, and that's the difference in my opinion. You know, I, I personally don't uh, crucify any fighter who's taken a punishment and he knows that he's had enough and he says, you know what, I can't do this no more. I, I, you know, I, now, I mean, years ago, we didn't know what the long-term ramifications were. I mean, yeah, you know, we said, hey, the guy's punch drunk or something like that. But now, you know, thank God through technology and what have you, we know that a fighter that's taken a lot of punishment and, and really just one fighter, even a, a, even a sparring war, um, could suffer long-term effects. And, you know, if a fighter starts to realize that, hey, something's not right, my eyes are blurred, you know, my vision's blurred or, or something, and, and, he, and he decides to call it in, you know, call it a day. And we all know, Dax, we've talked about a million times how tough and brave these trainers are today. You know, you would, you would think that a trainer would, would look out for the safety of his own fighter, and a lot of times they don't. Um, I always kid around it. You know, you hear the trainer talking, we're going to do this, we're going to do that, we're going to go in there and do this, and then the fighter loses, and it's like, well, he didn't do this, he didn't do that, you know, because we becomes he, you know, and uh, uh, it, it's a shame. But, um, okay, let, let me get to the to the to one of the points. Uh, the uh, uh, circus, uh, if you will, has started with uh, Deontay Wilder, Tyson Fury. They've done not one, not two, but three uh, city press conferences. Uh, their tour to promote their show, uh, or I should say fight, even though it is a show. Um, I feel that everything's been so obviously choreographed and planned. Is this fight going to live up to the hype, Dax? I mean, you know, I, I forget about what true boxing people know because we both, we all know about the styles and we, we, we can anticipate what this fight is going to be like. But from a, a fan's perspective... 
and what they're trying to sell us with these tours and these conferences and stuff. Um, do you think it's going to live up to what they're promising uh, in terms of hype? Well, I think, you know, I'm looking forward to the fight, but I think because they're so over the top with how they're selling this fight, it makes it hard to live up to. Uh, more or less like a Mayweather-McGregor or even a Mayweather-Pacquiao where there's so much buildup that, you know, it, it really does make it hard to live up to. Um, I think it's going to be a good fight. Um, you know, I just think, you know, I think Tyson Fury is definitely levels above Deontay Wilder in terms of boxing skill. But I also think that um, Tyson Fury, due to his layoff, and I think he might get a little bit overconfident. And because Deontay Wilder has such a big punch and he does have special type of knockout power and I that's in my opinion what's going to be the changer in this so the only thing really special about this is probably going to the ending is you know it's probably going to be you know watching Tyson Fury fall after Deontay Wilder catches him flush and you know maybe that little bit of anticipation early on on whether or not Deontay Wilder can uh, turn it around and, and catch Tyson Fury who's going to be moving around making Deontay Wilder look a little bit foolish early on you know so no, you know, it, it, like I said, uh, in terms of how they're selling it, it's going to be hard to live up to. Uh, did, did, when you watch the press conferences, you know, we're speaking about uh, guys in the past, speaking about uh, somebody named Tyson. Did anybody, did, did you not think of Mike Tyson every single time they had one of these press conferences? They're trying to, and Mike Tyson, you know, it's just like you go back to Muhammad Ali. When Muhammad Ali was saying all of these things and his lip, you know, the, the Louisville lip, you know, that was something fairly, it wasn't new. There was a trash talk for years before that, but it was the first time it was really broadcast because the TV technologies were improving, etc. And to this day, people try to emulate that. Well, when Mike Tyson, and I think this is what you mean by that question, but Mike Tyson would say crazy stuff, outrageous things. But Mike Tyson... And I'm not saying that it was okay for him to say that he was going to eat your children or something. But but the, but the thing about Mike Tyson was that was his M.O. His, he was portrayed as this guy that went into the ring and seek and destroy, and that was the end of that. You know, Deontay Wilder, yes, he's got punching power. But he, he's, not, he's not like Mike Tyson. He's not. Um, yes, he's got the one punch. But Mike Tyson was a talented fighter. The guy was good defensively. I'm talking about, you know, prior to going to jail, Mike Tyson. You know, uh, was hard to hit. You know, until he until he was, you know, uh, after he came out of jail and stuff, and and he was beaten. Uh, you know, prior to that, obviously with Buster Douglas. You know, he was invincible, but he was hard to hit, and he was a serious trainer. You know, he trained seriously and stuff like that. Um, Wilder doesn't possess that. He possesses freakish knockout power. But how's he going to do against Tyson Fury? He's going to be leaning on him, tying him up. And then the other question is, can Tyson Fury lean on him and tie him up for a whole fight? No, that's that's not what I was I was speaking about. You know, we were talking about how the fight is being sold and the way that they're presenting the fight to the public. Now, you have two guys out there. Uh, one is actually named Tyson Fury, who I believe um, was named after Mike Tyson. And you have another guy, uh, Deontay Wilder, who, as you mentioned, we all know, you know, he has that freakish punching power, very much like a, a young prime Mike Tyson. At the press conferences, both guys had claimed to be the ones who rejuvenated and brought life back into adult dead division. Um, you know, partially true, but it wasn't alone. There was a collaboration between Tyson Fury, Anthony Joshua, and Deontay Wilder. And then um, they both sat there and promised knockouts. 
Uh, then, you know, they would get into each other's face. And as they're in each other's face, at every single press conference, they threatened not only to each other, they would look out at the crowd and they'd say, you know, if you get you get a little bit closer, get one inch closer to me, and what I'm going to do, he goes, I- I'm, I'm going to give these fans out here a preview on what's going to happen to December 1st. And, you know, yes, a lot of it, you know, it's choreographed. You know, I'm sitting there saying to myself, the name Tyson is involved. You got a guy talking about how he's the most exciting fighter that uh, of, of our time, how he delivers these knockouts like nobody else can, you know, very much like, uh, you know, a prime young Mike Tyson. And they're sitting there, they're threatening about what they're about to do. But then they just keep on joining in the WWE fashion. And I'm saying to myself, a young prime Mike Tyson, he'd already given the preview. Right. And, you know, it, you, you forgot and one. that's the difference. That, you know, that's the, the mentality, the mindset. That, that That's the difference because Mike Tyson, he, he would have meant it. You know, we'll fight here, we'll fight there, and we'll fight in the ring for money. And and the, the funny thing is, is Wilder is even referring to himself right now as the baddest man on the planet. Yes, and, yes, that's the other and, thing. And yeah. that, that was Mike Tyson, you know. Uh, but, but, yeah, I, the question is, I, there's no way that this fight is going to live up to that hype. And, and it, it may be a good fight. It may be something that is is obviously worth watching because the question is going to be simple. This is this is the simple question I have, uh, you know, about this fight myself. Uh, you know, Wilder has freakish punching power. If he lands, he's going to knock out Fury. There's no question. I saw, I saw Steve U.S.'s Cunningham rock Fury, uh, and, and, you know, I was... was Nowhere's near uh, the power that, that Wilder has. But the other side of the coin is, can Tyson Fury, who's pretty good and proficient at tying up fighters, leaning on fighters, etc., etc., can he do that for 12 rounds? And even if he does do it, we all know he's never going to win a decision. The only way that uh, Tyson Fury is going to win this fight is if he knocks out Wilder. So I think Wilder's going to win this fight. But... Um, it's going to boil down to can he catch Fury and knock him out? Um, who knows? Some people disagree with me. They say Fury could outbox him and steal a, a, a victory. I, I'm not so sure in the U.S., but uh, but it's going to be interesting to see. I definitely think Fury is the superior boxer. You know, I mentioned that already. That you know, that's not a question at all. Um, even if uh, Fury, who I do believe has a better chin than credited for, but Deontay Wilder is a harder hitter than anybody uh, Tyson Fury has been in with. Uh, to date, he might be the hardest puncher in in. in well, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Do you see, my my one of my questions always is, I don't think that that he punches any harder, uh, Wilder, than Klitschko. No, but you know, again, Klitschko didn't land, and as I was getting ready to say, you know, if the, um, Tyson Fury can avoid that. And he can frustrate Deontay Wilder. As the rounds go on, Deontay Wilder will try and uh, reverse that role if we've seen him do in the past and maybe uh, lay off the ropes. And I think, uh, you know, Tyson Fury is a smart guy. And then he won't go in there and won't give uh, Deontay Wilder the opportunity to land that big punch. And then, and that's how I can see Tyson Fury winning a decision in outboxing uh, Deontay Wilder. But at any point in time, should they spend any sustained amount of. Um, 
you know, time in the center of the ring, whether or not it's a minute per round, you know, or uh, 45 seconds per round even. Uh, you know, once Deontay Wilder lands cleanly, he's going to knock Tyson Fury out, and that's going to be the end. And that's going to be the most exciting part of this fight. The rest of the fight is going to be dull and boring. Um, a win on Tyson Fury's behalf is going to be very much on how he uh, beat a faded Vladimir Klitschko. It's going to be a safe fight. Um, the other the other question uh, is going to be this. Deontay Wilder has never fought anyone bigger than him, taller. Um, I wonder how he's going to fare. You know, the one thing about Deontay Wilder, something that the Klitschko's had to learn how to do, then became very proficient at it, fighting smaller guys. Deontay Wilder has always had to fight smaller guys his whole career. And now all of a sudden you see these two guys next to each other and, you know, that two-inch height advantage is an advantage. I mean, Tyson Fury's looking down at, at Deontay Wilder. I wonder how much of an impact that will have on Wilder. Do you think it will? I think it'll have an impact on Wilder if Wilder throws recklessly as he has so much in the past from those odd angles moving around, always looking for that big one-punch knockout. I think if Deontay Wilder, you know, listens to Mark Breland, follows the basics, uses the jab, and then brings the right hand behind it, it shouldn't be an issue at all. You know, as long as he sticks to the basics and he doesn't try to do anything uh, phenomenal. If he does do anything phenomenal, Tyson Fury is going to be one step ahead of him all times, very much like he was with Klitschko. And again, even though they're not in the same category, the same class, and Klitschko was, uh, you know, a much better boxer than uh, Deontay Wilder and a better boxer than Tyson Fury. Let's be honest, Tyson Fury just happened, you know, he caught Klitschko and age champion at the right time. But, you know, I, I don't think that, you know, the height should not really be a difference, in my opinion, if uh, Deontay Wilder goes out there and boxes correctly and doesn't try to put on a spectacular show. That might be the downfall of Deontay Wilder, going out there to try too hard and impress the crowd rather than just go out there and do what he has to do for the win. He's going to go out there and try and take his head off. Uh, I, that, that's, what, that's the way he's going to win. That's the, you know, so, and, and he's going to, even if they practice him trying to box and, and, and move better uh, with Breland, he's going to re revert back to what comes naturally and headhunting comes naturally. You know, the one thing I will say about Klitschko, and you were a way more of a fan of Klitschko before I became one, uh, you know, Klitschko tried to be too perfect in, in his fights, with the exception of his fight against Anthony Joshua and when he fought Kubat uh, uh, Pulov, when he was really aggressive. That was a dangerous man. <laughs> Let me tell you, if Klitschko would have fought like that, Dax, like you have said and written many articles about, we would be talking about Vladimir Klitschko as one of the greatest heavyweights of all time if his style was slightly different. But because it was kind of a cautious style, I don't know if that man will ever get the credit that he really did. You and I talked one time on the show about his reign. It was a decade I don't think he lost a round in a decade, right? Up until the he fought for almost ten years without losing a round. You know, I mean that is is pretty tough to be, brother. Yeah, you, know, you know that was um, very much a credit to Manny Stewart. Again, just like Lennox Lewis, and I have said a million times that if you watch the career of Lennox Lewis under Manny Stewart and you watch Vladimir Klitschko under Manny Stewart, you're pretty much watching the same exact fighter. Um, including size, other than the fact that Lennox Lewis was a lot more aggressive. But both of them uh, were very calculated because their um, 
their style was so well uh, thought out. Their style was so well uh, taught to them. They practiced it so hard with Manny Stewart. Uh, you know, this way, you know, that they didn't make any mistakes because both, you know, there was the question of the chin, which I think Lennox Lewis and Vladimir Klitschko had better chins than given credit for uh, both times that Lewis was knocked out. He was tired. Uh, same thing with Klitschko. Other than the Anthony Joshua fight, you know, he, he, he was tired. He was out of gas. That can happen to anybody. I don't care who it is. And we have seen it happen, you know, to all-time greats throughout the history of the sport. But, yes, you know, uh, Vladimir Klitschko, he, he was. He, he was too perfect. He was always trying to, you know, set things up. And, you know, it was also mixed in a lot with that amateur style. But remember, an early young Vladimir Klitschko, if you go back to look at maybe the uh, the Ray Mercer fights or, uh, you know, fights like that where he was just coming out there and he was a destroyer even with that basic style when he would land that jab and the right hand behind it. You know, it was a boring style, but it was exciting because these guys, when, you know, when he hit them, the looks on their faces was pretty much like, wow, what did what just happened to me? Right. Yeah, I know. I know. Anyway, Dax, I appreciate it. Uh, we'll be looking uh, for you next week. And uh, we'll have more to talk about next week, that's for sure. Yeah, next week, uh, let's talk about, you know, the matchroom and, and uh, Golden Boy Promotions, where, you know, what I think is about to happen there soon. Sounds good. Plus, we'll also talk about some of these fights that are being ordered, and uh, hopefully uh, some of them will actually be signed. So, Dax, we'll talk to you soon. Everybody else, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're scheduled to have uh, my man Alex Papali join us for a bit. So, uh, don't go nowhere. Billy C will be right back. Now back to Talkin' Boxing with Billy C, the only radio host man enough to take a punch from Mike Tyson. Wait a minute, man. Hold, hold, hold on there. Jeremy, man, uh, I need you to take this one, all right? Wait, what? what? No way. I, I, I can't do this. Need I remind you I'm Billy C, damn it? Now put on that mustache and get in there. Hey, hey, look at me. I'm Billy C. <laughs> Crap. <laughs> The undisputed heavyweight champion of Boxing Talk Radio. It's Talkin' Boxing with Billy C. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're watching and listening to the Billy C. Show. Glad you could be with us. I want to give a special shout out to uh, a couple of our friend uh, radio affiliates. Not that all of our affiliates aren't our friends. I probably shouldn't have said that, but uh, give a shout out to um, my man uh, Scott with WGIG and my man uh, George and his staff at WSMN. Uh, glad to be part of uh, both of those uh, networks uh, sports programming. So uh, anyway, joining us right now is my man uh, Alex Perpali. Good morning, Alex. Good morning, Billy C. How are you? Woo! You got it all, baby. You got the sound. You got the earphones. You got everything working, you know? But, uh, you know, we're talking today about um, the Tyson Fury-Deontay Wilder fight, and you got the press tour took off you know and we you know I, I watched the first one and read the clips of the second two and basically it was a repeat of the first one and you know it really it bums me out you know more than anyone I've, I've been turned off a bit uh, on the antics of the sport but you know I can't help but start to think about this fight and I like the fight. I'm glad it's happening. I personally think that Fury should have waited one more fight before he stepped in with either Wilder or Anthony Joshua, but it is what it is. 
is it going to live up to the hype is my question today, Alex. Uh, you know, we'll have plenty of time to dissect the fight and, and you know, see how it's going to go. But from, a, from an uh, excitement point of view, will it live up to the hype that these guys are saying uh, that they're going to deliver? Uh, it's not going to be a Hagler Hearns, that's for sure. Uh, I think it's going to be entertaining. Um, I think these press conferences are entertaining. Um, but I do think that uh, we're going to get a um, frustrating fight. Um, I think that if we do, that's in Tyson Fury's interest. Um, and we know that uh, just uh, at least I I'm very confident that just the dimensions of Tyson Fury uh, are going to give um, Wilder some difficulty. The length of his arms, his height. Uh, look at the puzzle it posed for Vladimir Klitschko. Then you add to it his uh, his timing, as well as his ring savvy. Uh, he's going to pose a difficult opponent for Deontay Wilder uh, if he doesn't get hit on the chin. Uh, which I think he's going to have, if Vladimir Klitschko couldn't get to his chin, um, I think Wilder's going to have a harder time getting to his chin. Wait, Wilder's wait, let me let me just stop you right there because I love that point, all right? And now I want you to elaborate because the difference between, and this is why, you know, good, Sal's not here, he's not listening, so, you know, I'm gonna, this is why my man Sal is so wrong. You know, the the, the thing is this, you're right about your what you said about Klitschko, but here's the big difference. The difference with Wilder, and I and if Sal's listening, he's gonna be saying that I'm supporting Wilder now, but Wilder's unorthodox style, his octopus arm delivery, if you will, and uh, Sal always likes to say that, is a lot different than Klitschko's though, Alex. Definitely. And Kl Klitschko, Klitschko is, is readable for a guy like Tyson Fury. He can anticipate where that punch is going to come. Or, in, in which was more the case in the Klitschko fight, was Klitschko likes everything so perfectly, had that right hand cocked, ready to go. He waited until the perfect opportunity before he would fire off that shot. Something Tyson Fury was able to prevent from happening, and the, the end result was winning. Deontay Wilde is going to let his hands go. That is where I think Fury, if he could do it, is where he needs to take advantage, just like Luis Ortiz was able to connect. So, you know, that's the big difference between the frustration part and tying him up and stuff like that. What do you think? Yeah, I think that that's, that's to Wilder's advantage is that uh, he's more unpredictable. Uh, he's quicker. Uh, his reaction time is faster than, you know, what was Vladimir was, what, like 39 when he fought uh, Tyson Fury. So uh, Fury's definitely dealing with a much more dangerous guy in front of him. However, um, I think that uh, Tyson's going to be prepared for that. The big thing that's going to be a big, uh, that for us to have a good fight, um, Tyson Fury has to be in shape. That's just the fact that he's gotten to where he is in terms of just a, a human being. Um, you can't help but feel good for him right now because we know that he was dealing with drug addiction as well as mental illness, uh, depression. 
The fact that he's gotten to where he is now is terrific. If he gets to the, he completes a successful uh, training camp and gets to this fight, that's a victory before the, the bell even rings. Um, you know, as much as these guys, these two guys are really uh, lovable a-holes is the way uh, I would describe it. Um, and I think that... Uh, Wilder's about, not. Wilder, you can't... How can anyone like Wilder? There's nothing uh, to I like, like about... I, For uh, what? I like, I, I like him. Oh, I think he's a jerk. But I think that there's um, both of these guys. I mean, Bill, we live in a time where... Um, Douchebags are commonly paraded before us as upstanding citizens, and I think that he goes along with that. Uh, there's things about him that are entertaining. I mean, one, he knocks guys out. Uh, as a boxing fan, I enjoy that. Um, but I do think, yeah, he says ridiculous things that are very uh, outrageous. Uh, both of them do. That sometimes offensive, um, oftentimes offensive. Um, but I do think that. Uh, it's going to make for an interesting fight. And I think the thing about it is that I think what Tyson Fury had, was talking about in the New York com press conference about how these they're going to the rounds. He's going to put rounds in the bank. Um, we haven't seen Wilder get real frustrated. Wilder's going to get frustrated. Wilder will come in and challenge Fury more than Vladimir Klitschko. But I think Fury can negate that if he catches him with something early, not not something hard that necessarily like puts him on his ass or something, but just makes him realize, okay, wait a minute, I'm not going to let you come in close on me like that without paying for it. And Fury does have quick enough hands to hit a guy with something he didn't see. And a lot of times, especially in the heavyweight division, that's enough to get to get a guy to hesitate on the outside. So I have a feeling that's what we're going to see, and we're going to see a complicated fight, a distance, or at least it's going to go rounds. If Tyson Fury's in shape, again, because remember, if he's doing coke and and staying out late and having a really, his life is like over, over boiling um, during this training camp, then yeah, it's very likely this fight, fight's going to be a farce. I don't think so. I think there's millions of reasons why these guys are going to put on a really good show. I think that's one of the reasons why people, I thought I thought I saw one of the newspapers were saying that this whole thing seems like a farce because these guys were friendly to each other backstage. That doesn't sound too surprising to me. If you were about to enter a business deal with another person that um, was going to make you millions of dollars, wouldn't you be able to talk to him like a human being, even though on the fight night you're going to try to take his head off? 100%. I think I could. I agree with you. I, and I've always said that. I've always said that with, uh, with Floyd Mayweather. You know, I mean, how do you bring out the most vicious version of yourself when the guy across from you is just setting you up for the rest of your life and your kid's life and your grandkid's life. Right, you know, right. I mean, it's it's hard to beat them senseless when kind of deep down you're thanking the guy, you know? Okay, so thanks, thanks a lot. Thanks for the celebrity. Yeah, I know. that. Thanks <laughs> thanks for setting me up financially. You know, but but the, the, the thing here with these two is, first of all, uh, before I mention the money aspect, first of all, the... Um, the uppercut, I, Tyson Fury is really good at tying fighters up and frustrating them, leaning on them, etc., etc. We all know that. But his best punch, in my opinion, against Deontay Wilder will be the uppercut. Tyson Fury can throw a pretty good uppercut. And when he's got his opponents tied up 
And he's leaning on this guy. And by the way, I thought that he, he, he does look like he's in pretty decent shape. He's been getting in better and better shape, Tyson Fury. And, you know, Wilder, in order to maintain 210, 212 pounds, I mean, he's all muscle. He's got no body. He's got those chicken legs. Um, and, and the weight of Tyson Fury on him and Fury landing a couple of uppercuts, frustrating him, tying him, holding him. Uh, a lot of it's going to de be determined by who they choose as the referee. Uh, are they going to, you know, take points away from him, or whatever? Um, so I, I think it's going to be interesting. I, I think Wilder would have to come out boxing to to get a, have a chance at winning. As far as the money, I've heard nothing about the finances in this in this fight yet. And from what I understand, it was if you recall the big thing about Wilder, and this is why he's stupid. <laughs> I mean, let's be real. He's, he's, he's not an intelligent man because he's so fixed on percentage. From what I understand, this is a 50-50 fight. They are splitting 50-50. So that sounds really good. Well, my first question is 50-50 of what? Of the profit from the pay-per-view. Well, the profit or the pay-per-view, they're banking that everyone in the world is going to pay for this and buy this. And I'm not so sure that it's as, you know, as in demand as they're trying to make it seem. Wilder can't draw flies to a garbage convention. And Tyson Fury's got fans that'll buy it. But is it going to equal substantial money? Remember, Deontay Wilder turned down $20 million guaranteed for a two-fight deal. 15 to fight AJ in April and five to fight whoever the heck he wanted uh, around this time. So that's $20 million. I don't see Deontay Wilder making $20 million from this fight, Alex. So wait a minute. Is it 50-50 each and then 10% to a winner? <laughs> that was my idea. That's, <laughs> that's the way it should math. be. That's, that, that's the way it should be. But uh, no, I think no, I, I think that um, I think that you know I don't know. I think it will be. Uh, it'll do well on the pay per view. I think it'll be interesting to see if it beats the numbers we saw from um, uh, Golovkin Canelo too. Um, I do think that. You know, it's weird because it's like the fight that I was so excited to see two years ago. Um, so I think they have to sort of recapture that idea. I See, I don't mind them talking about the lineal heavyweight championship because, you know, uh, to me that does still mean something. It doesn't mean as much as it used to. Um, but, again, it, it he's been inactive uh, or mostly inactive. Um, so... Yeah, it's the lineal heavyweight championship in a way, but it's very similar to when, um, you know, Michael Spinks had the title and Mike Tyson had all the belts and they, you know, and then it was for the undisputed heavyweight championship. Well, he uh, had he had the IBF, Michael Spinks at that time, didn't he? No, because I think they had stripped him and uh, Tony Tucker and Buster Douglas fought for the IBF. And then Tucker beat Douglas, and then Tyson beat Tucker. So it was Butch Lewis just had it as like the People's Championship. Remember, I think it was at the Tucker fight where purposely Butch Lewis and Michael Spinks went and sat in the very last row of the arena 
to make it look like, you know, look, we this is the best seat we could get, and we're the people's champion. Remember that, all that promotional trickeration yeah. says Don, uh, yeah, yeah. Lennox Lewis, or Don King would say around I guess some things don't change. True. <laughs> but I, I think it's going to be a... Um, I think it's going to be an interesting fight. I'm looking forward to seeing it. I'm, a, in fact, I'm going to, um, I'm planning on going out to uh, Chicago to watch it with my brother, um, because uh, I think we're both, we're both interested in it, and they're both big mouths. I think, in a way, it's a, he- it's a heavyweight contest for our time. There are so many big mouth jerks in the news constantly that this fight makes sense. Um, so I do think that, uh, I, and I think. No, I, in terms of living up to the hype, uh, in, in the sense you expect that to be an action fight. I don't think this is going to be an action fight. I think it's going to be a very frustrating fight. So I, I think we'll hear boos for a while. But I think eventually when they get tired, uh, somebody's going to get um, beat up. Uh, I don't know whether it'll be – we've never seen Wilder get exhausted and frustrated. So who knows what happens? That's one of the worst things that can happen to a fighter is a fighter gets tired out there. Uh, then you're you're tired and you have to fight. Um, we've never seen Wilder in a situation like that with uh, Tyson Fury glomming on him and tangling him up and frustrating him. That could happen. Uh, and then we'll, we'll see him even wilder than we usually see Wilder. So I think that, um, I, I don't know, I'm looking forward to it. Um, but no, it's very likely it, we're not going to get a Hagler Hearns. That's for sure. You know, I, I try to give Wilder as much credit as I can, and I can't find much to give him. I mean, he's got freakish punching power, but then you could be the play devil's advocate and say, well, you know, who, who's he really knocked out? I mean, you know, uh, we, we, we've, we've learned that Stavern was a bum. Uh, the first time, the second time, every time, you know, he's a bum. He doesn't train. I, I mean, come on. Uh, you could make the argument that the best fight he fought in his whole career was against Luis Ortiz. And he answered a lot of questions in that fight. He he was hanging by a thread. And if Luis Ortiz did have punching power, I don't think he ever survives in that fight. Uh, but he did. And not only did he survive, he came back from, in my opinion, being down on the scorecards and won by knockout. He was also down on the scorecards when he fought a Tor Spitzka and came back and won by knockout. So, I mean, this is a guy that is, you make a great point, he's always in good shape. There's one thing you could you can't say about Wilder is that he's not in good shape. But his career has been carefully calculated. He's been hand-fed some very weak opposition. Uh, when he has fought a name that we recognize, it's a calculated name. And even with this fight, this is a good fight for Wilder. This isn't fighting Anthony Joshua. This is fighting a guy who's uh, looking to get some money. He's fighting a guy who's got a, a, a rep in this business. And as much as I've always been a Tyson Fury fan, who's he fought? Who's he beat? He's got one legitimate name on his own resume, and that's Klitschko. You know, so, I, I mean, Wilder is is is... If he makes more than $20 million, he made a very smart move. If he doesn't, if he ends up walking away with, with a couple of million dollars and, and, and loses, um, then we're going to be shaking our heads. I don't know. It's an intriguing fight. You know, at the end of the day, 
It's an intriguing fight, and I agree with you 100%. It's not going to be Hagler Hearns, uh, but it is interesting, and it is yeah, a fight. I think, I think even a frustrating fight can be fun, and I, I have a feeling it is going to be fun as much as. But I, I really, I kind of think we are going to the uh, to a decision. Yeah, uh, and and I don't think I don't think Fury can win a decision. I don't think he can win a decision in the United States. And it's it. I'm I'm still a little. It's it's complexing to me why Fury would take this fight right now. It, it, you know, if the guy is really looking to beat Deontay Wilder and then following that up with a victory over Anthony Joshua, this isn't the time. He needed another fight. He needed another fight to to fine tune uh, his his conditioning, if you will. The only justification of a fight like this, Alex, is if you're getting thrown a ton of money, a $50 million guaranteed purse, and that has not been the case. And unless his management and Wilder's management thinks that they're going to be doing uh, you know, great pay-per-views, it's almost as ludicrous as Adrian Broner demanding $100 million to fight either Manny Pacquiao or Floyd Mayweather. And, and I, you know, there's... I can hear the laughter all the way upstate about that. I mean, this is a guy that's not worth $100 million. Nobody cares to see him fight Pacquiao or Floyd Mayweather, let alone give him a $100 million payday. So, I mean, it's similar. The business side of this, yes, the winner is going to be in a really good bargaining position to fight Anthony Joshua. Uh, that is true. Um, but the risk that the loser's taking is huge. True, true. And I, I think but I think that's one of the reasons why um, why it's happening, because I do think that if Tyson Fury is a barely functioning addict, um, then the idea that this is a for all the marbles type fight is probably exactly what's getting him motivated for it, um, because that's sort of how addicts are wired. Do you think you know? he, do you think he needs money? Right now, do you think he's financially hurting? I don't know if he's hurting, but I think everybody needs money, and I think that um, uh, I think that the idea that this would get him, the idea that to get to the get to the big payday with the least amount of training camps um, for an undisciplined guy, I think this is the way to do it. So. Um, I'm not, I don't know. I think that one of the things that's cool about this, or at least that's interesting about this heavyweight era right now is that, like you said, none of these guys' records are all that deep, but that doesn't mean they don't, they can't make compelling fights against each other and that, um, they're interesting heavyweights, uh, titleists. Um, I don't think any one of them you could put in there against a Jersey Joe Walcott or, uh. Uh, Jack Sharkey, even. Um, I'm not sure they're at that point yet. Um, but I think that for who we have in front of us, I think they're all very interesting. And, and I think the idea of matchups against whether it's Wilder Joshua, Joshua Fury, Wilder Fury, or Wilder Joshua, I think they're all interesting fights. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. All that said, I enjoyed Jarrell Big Maybe Miller last night. I always enjoy him. Uh, I am mystified by his size. As a fat man, I don't understand how he's able to 
carry as much weight as he does without looking as morbidly obese as he looks as he seems in terms of the numbers um and even though that Adamek was a completely shot fighter and that that fight in a way shouldn't even have been happened it was a mismatch it shouldn't have happened um, shouldn't have happened he, but he did what you expect a guy to do when he's in there with somebody who's shot so I do give him credit for that. And I mean, Miller is not a huge puncher. Now, granted, when you got a shot fighter in front of you, you know, it doesn't take a lot to knock him out. But I thought he did what he had to do. And I think that the main reason people are talking about it is we might, he might be an opponent for Joshua only because he's sort of a placeholder until we get the big fight. But he shouldn't uh, have. But my, my frustration with him, and we got to go, but my frustration with him is he doesn't deserve it. He doesn't deserve it. I don't care if you put it in perspective. As a big man, he's fluent. He is. You know, he can. He, he's got. Uh, he's. He can box. There's no question. But against who? How does well, a guy go? Yeah, but but today's blueprint, Alex, is stay busy and you get a title shot. That's BS. That's come BS. Come on, Billy C. This is like um. This is to drop a uh, Clint Eastwood uh, quote on you. Boxing is like uh, what he said in Unforgiven. Deserves got nothing to do with it. <laughs> well, it does, it does, but it's disheartening. If you're a young fighter and you're and your your wannabe trainer is telling you you got to work hard in the gym and you're sacrificing going out with the girls and doing all these things, and, and you see that all this hard work is getting you nothing, I could see why kids are walking away and saying I'm going to go play soccer or something. You know, I, I mean, it's just not fair. It's not fair. And then, or or you get to sell your soul to a promoter and get hand-fed cupcakes. I mean, I, you know, there's no in-between yeah. anymore. But, yeah, uh, that, all that said, I don't know if you watch the whole DAZN card, but I watched boxing from 6 o'clock to, like, a little after midnight last night. Then I watched uh, uh, on the radio, I watched that um, Conor McGregor thing. Um, and I tell you something, I really enjoy DAZN's broadcast. I think they do a good job. And all those debut fights, I don't know if you watched from six to nine, they had a bunch of fights there, and a couple of those matchups were fun. Uh, the Nikosi Solomon upset was uh, really fun to watch. You couldn't help but like that Matt Cameron guy because um, uh, that was a fun heavyweight four-rounder. And uh, White Chocolate, he was fun to watch, too. I, I really enjoy that DAZN network. It's uh, it's good stuff. Well, I'm glad you're promoting them on my show. And, Look at uh, that. <laughs> you know, but, uh, but well, any of it. Hey, it's, I, I think that's the thing that we did see. They did a big, long interview with Eddie Hearn. It seems like he's going to be, that's going to be his network. And I think he gave us a little hint because he talked a lot about I don't know. You guys talk didn't mention it so far that I heard about um, Canelo moving up to fight. Yeah, uh, it's it's a joke. That's Canelo avoiding somebody other. And and the thing well, is, and I, I think you'll also it's a merger of the two giant promoters because think about it. Eddie Hearn made it seem like he was really really excited to work with Golden Boy. So I think that's because he that's because he muscled Oscar out. Oscar's got nothing but Canelo. And 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 the thing is, is this is how the future has become. And I don't mean to cut you off, but we got to go. But but nope. the the thing is, is that depending upon the promoter or the promoter's uh, friends, that's the network you subscribe to. Yes. They exactly. have successfully made that transition thanks to streaming services. Everybody's been wanting to copy Dana White. With the UFC, well, we can't totally copy it in boxing because of of all the sanctioning bodies, but it certainly looks like you're going to sign with a promoter 
that's got the, the, the streaming service behind them now. And, and you want to go with, with uh, Top Rank, you got to sign up with ESPN+. Plus. You want to go with Eddie Hearn, you got to sign up with The Zone. You know, you want to go with somebody else, you got to sign up with whatever. You know, so, you know, it's not saving us any money. It's costing us more. But uh, anyway, some great points, Alex. And uh, thanks for all the promotion of the, the Zone Network. We appreciate yeah, that here. All that said, I, I didn't see. See, you got to be kind of discriminating now because, you know, when you have these uh, simulcast shows, I didn't watch the ESPN Plus stuff at all. So I haven't seen their broadcast yet because I haven't signed up for that. Um, but uh, I will check it out at some point. You know what I like about all these streaming services? Every one of them has the complete fights the next day. Uh, yeah, so, you cool. so you don't even have to sign up for any of them. But uh, anyway, Alex, we look forward to you next week, brother. All right, Billy C. Take care. That's Alex Papali. You can check him out uh, every week here uh, on the Billy C. Show. And uh, we're glad to uh, have him with us. And uh, so I, I got some emails uh, that I want to uh, get out of the way. Uh, we're going to get uh, my man uh, Sal back with us. But this first one, uh, my man Johnston Brown uh, from the other side of the pond, he's got... Uh, uh, a column up on BillyCBoxing.com, and um, he's been working really hard. He's going to be getting us some uh, audio uh, interviews that we're going to put up in his uh, uh, in his uh, material. Uh, but uh, he asked me to give a shout out uh, to uh, some fighters he's been working with. Tommy Langford, um, talking about uh, uh, you know two great fights that he had with Jason Wellborn. Also wants to give a shout out to Daryl Church, John McCallum, Sam Smith, uh, Joel McIntyre. Uh, as they uh, chatted with him, and uh, also uh, British heavyweight Nick Webb uh, for uh, uh, hanging out with him uh, in his uh, uh, about his recent recent victory over Dorian Darch, which uh, uh, was a uh, uh, fighter that I had actually mentioned uh, earlier uh, before. So uh, uh, we'll see what uh, uh, see what happens. I'm st still trying to get uh, my man Dax. I mean uh, Sal, but in the meantime. I got another email. This is from my man, Mitch. He says, uh, I knew all the Canelo and WBC hating each other was a ruse. Uh, they wanted to protect him from forcing a Triple G uh, third fight. And now they're forcing Triple G to take on Charlo uh, instead of moving forward with the trilogy. He says, if Murata wins, then Triple G should fight uh, Murata in Japan. Uh, Murray's making big money over there, and I can see uh, Triple G going to uh, ESPN over Dazden or DAZN and Showtime. He says, Meanwhile, you, Billy C, are the only person, and you said this over a year ago, that I ever heard say Canelo looks like a 168 pounder. Well, here you go. He's coming to your neck of the woods for a fight. You guessed it at 168. That's right. Uh, we were uh, uh, alluding to that. We'll talk more about that. Uh, uh, as it becomes signed, sealed, and delivered. He says uh, this is going to allow him to avoid fights against real fighters at 160, including a third fight with Triple G, uh, Charlo, Andre, Saunders, etc. Then when he comes back down, he'll have a mandatory, uh, probably a Lemieux, uh, but, uh, you know, he's waiting for Triple G to get older. He says, anyway, I wonder what network will take... Uh, the Canelo sweepstakes, he says, I think he still owes HBO a regular fight, not a pay-per-view, so we could see him against Rocky uh, fielding on that one. So uh, uh, some interesting points uh, from my man uh, Mitch, 
who's always uh, got us uh, uh, going straight. Um, wondering, uh, uh, trying to get uh, uh, my man uh, Sal here uh, back on the line, but uh, uh, he's probably having some technical difficulties, but we'll continue to try. I got another couple of emails here I'll read in the meantime. Uh, this is from my man, Alex T. He says, hey, Billy C., just wanted to check in. I still enjoy your show, but I got to tell you, man, I'm watching less and less boxing uh, more than ever. Uh, and I'll tell you what I'm starting to not miss about it. And I never thought I'd say this either. I see all these fights streaming every weekend. And, well, truthfully, I don't see them. I see them advertised. And I'd say that for the 90% of these shows, I've never heard of most of these fighters. Uh, for every Terrence Crawford or Anthony Joshua, uh, will fight that streaming. There's a hundred other fights that I have no interest in. You know, that's one thing I do like. I like seeing fighters I've never heard of because it gives us a better opportunity to meet these fighters and see how good they are. So when you do see their names later on to see if it makes uh, sense to, to follow them or be a fan or et cetera. Uh, he says, I read some uh, of the website still and they, I read some of the uh, websites still and they all seem to love the streaming setup. Uh, I think it sucks, he says. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, um, he said that, uh, uh, let's see, and for the extra fee, he said they used to pitch a fight and the network would air it. Now you got to pay an extra fee for it. He says, another thing is Billy Joe Sanders. He fails a drug test. Um, most of us respect VADA as the most legitimate drug testing. Uh, so he fails VADA, but then. They come out and say, well, we didn't fail anything from the BBC, so that fight should still be uh, okay. He says the Massachusetts Boxing Commission shouldn't give two craps about what it is or what it is, what is or what isn't banned in England. If Andre Dos Saunders uh, were to be seriously hurt in their fight and it was taking place in the United States, then the commission would have blood on their hands. Uh, no one should put these guys uh, at risk. They need to follow the VADA. Uh, which I agree. He says, it's funny. As I'm typing this, I read Canelo's fighting Rocky Fielding. Who the F is Rocky Fielding? I just ha had to look him up. I'm the guy who had Ring and KO Magazine subscriptions, hundreds of tapes of recorded fights. I used to get the Sunday Globe after my parents were done so I can get a giant boxing section every week. I check four or five websites daily for boxing, and I've listened to your show for 10 years. And I have no idea who this guy is. Wow, sounds like a hell of a fight. Time to sign up to whatever streaming service. He says, I'm not even upset anymore, Billy C. I'm kind of over it. And if I have to give up following the sport, then so be it. Um, I see we got Sal, but we don't have his video, so I'll wait for him to fix that. Um, you know, a lot of people share uh, what my man uh, Alex T. Uh, is seemingly uh, going through. Um it's uh, it's something that uh, uh, we we all have been dealing with. Um, it's a shame, but uh, what's a shame is that my man Sal has uh, got his strobe light on, but at least he's he's back. Uh, Sal, <laughs> glad to have you back with us. Uh, I've man. been here all along. Stop Billy yelling! See, I've been stop, listening every word. Stop yelling! Hey, what's that network? That, why can't uh, why can't you? Why can't you answer when, when I try to call? You know, you had you to call what? me. And that, and by the way, that's very rare. That doesn't work anymore, so I wouldn't waste my time doing that. But No, uh, I know. I think that's why we're having problems. I, I, I tried to call you. Anyway, Daz, the zone is Dazen, D-A-Z-N. D-A-Z-A-N. I'm not going to plug it. Yeah, no, no, but uh, in any event. Um, <laughs> but I was listening, Bill. 
I'm glad you're seeing the side of Deontay Wilder. Yeah, I was. I knew you. I knew you were gonna say that. <laughs> I got another. I got another email. I want to read because this one's right up your alley. Oh, um, this was from my man Coach, and he says, Coach. "Hey, hey, Billy C. Remember the conversation about boxing and politics? If so, keep in mind that Triple G Canelo doesn't mirror this whole Supreme Court fiasco with the time now slowly exposing all the left." Uh, dirty BS. I say it mirrors boxing, especially Canelo, Triple G, big show drama. And yeah, that whole thing here in the States was sickening um, to see what the Democrats are. They're, they're really, they're, they're making themselves look foolish, but in any event. And, and then the women have to make it be all about that. I mean, it, it had nothing to, it's just, everybody's barking up the wrong trees. I mean, look at the facts. That's all. But anyway, now, now I, and it's not even that I I'm on one side or the other, but it just give me a break. He says, now, after time, with, he says, now, after time, think about Canelo's loss. We call it, it should be a draw. Then a fake drug suspension to get Triple G a bit older, only to be allowed by most. Maybe a draw called uh, Canelo win. If you look behind the curtain, you'll see a future best ever. Canelo, instead of giving the fans a trilogy, we get Rocky Fielding. When I was a kid, my grandfather told me, like everything in life, follow the money. No, not Floyd, the cash, because the greedy will always drop their guard and give you a glimpse. If Canelo doesn't give Triple G an immediate rematch, um, boxing, specifically Canelo, has shown he's tainted and become a WWE fighter. want to mention it Sunday because the WWE tainted sport like uh, p politicians are killing me. Uh, Mayweather Pacquiao 2, Mayweather McGregor 2. Does anyone today have a mirror? Um... He makes some points, Sal, don't you think? Absolutely. Good points. And, uh, you know, this is where we are today, Bill, for whatever reason. It's just, hey, we got to make the best of what we got. And that's what we try to do on a daily basis. It's not trying, you know, hey, the old school, a winner finds an answer to every problem. A loser finds a problem with every answer. Yeah, we can't. We we're just gonna have to listen to Sal. We can't. We can't deal with the the video anymore. Sorry, Sal. Go ahead. Finish your thought. You know, you want to call me back? Maybe that'll clear nah, it up. No, no, no. But anyway, we were talking about uh, a lot about the, um, you know, whether Tyson Fury against Deontay Wilder is going to live up to the hype, and you know, it almost seems like at least experienced boxing people know what we're going to get, but we still want it. I think well, that well, well, what I was going to say was I think that a lot of the stuff that they're saying is going to happen yeah. to to a fan that just follows the hype is going to be disappointed. What do you think? I think stop touching the candle, Billy. Stop touching it. Stop putting your finger in the flame, Bill. Stop. Hey, guess what? You're still going to try and do it. That's 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 our innate uh, desire. We we look to. Uh, be curious and discover for ourselves, And I think that's why we're going to be lured in. And that's what they know in marketing and business and everything else that, you know, we, we, we have short memories when it comes to, you know, an emotional charge or whatever we may get out of what we desire. And that's to see if a good fight of us fight fans. And, you know, I, I think it's hard to match the hype. And it, it's going to either be a boring fight or it's going to have its moments, uh, like I said. Um, but I, ultimately, I, I think it'll end in a knockout. Uh, and I also think that, you know, look at where each fighter has uh, evolved from. 
I don't know if Tyson Fury has ever been really hurt. I don't think so. Yes. Yes. Well, well USS he, Cunningham had him in trouble. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He had him hurt. But with that being said, he was able to uh, withstand it and come back. And so has Deontay Wilder with his last fight. So, you know, they've been tested a little bit there. They're going to be able to take some shots. They're going to be able to weather the storm. They're going to be. But it is, it's unlike has Tyson Fury been in a ring with a freakish punching man like 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 Deontay Wilder. Well, Klitschko. And you made a good point, too. Klitschko. With Klitschko. Yes, he has been. And he beat Klitschko. Yeah, but but, but what but, that's what I was saying. I was giving I love the I love the analogy. Right. Yes. I was giving Wilder I, I wasn't Freddy. comparing I wasn't compa- I I think Klitschko punches harder than Wilder. I mean it's you know but Klitschko had to be perfect when he when he l- launched the right hand. Wilder lets his hands go. And and I think that if he connects with Fury, it's gonna put him out. I I, I believe that. There there's two basis of this power Klitschko was a heavy handed fighter and he was also more of a methodical orthodox predictable kind of fighter he did things that you would normally train fighters to do he had his hands up he'd put his body he'd put his shoulder he'd put his trunk into the, his legs into the delivery of a punch he'd do things right and with that being said you can predictable it could be predictable how to counter how to box how to move what we do see with Deontay Wilder is he's unpredictable he has heavy hands but not like the heavy hands that that Klitschko had but he's got this freakish snap on his punch from the windmill action and the the delivery of his of his um, overall arc that he gives his body into the punches and the power and that's what's different that Fighters, if they haven't been in a ring with him for any time or anybody similar, they're going to have to learn a quick lesson of how the heck they're going to get out of the way or what to expect next because they don't know where it's going to come from, when it's going to come from. So I think that's the advantage that uh, that Deontay Wilder will have and Tyson Fury will have to have a quick lesson in the ring. I think it's going to be simple. I think it's going to boil down to Quite honestly, it's going to be this easy. If Tyson Fury can prevent Deontay from landing a flush punch, end of story. And that doesn't still mean he's going to win the fight because, no. you know, he's got to land some punches on 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 uh, Deontay. And the one thing I do think is going to be a major uh, player in this fight is the size. Um, you know, Dax disagreed with me, uh, but I think the size is going to make a difference. Uh, Deontay Wilder has never stepped in the ring with someone bigger than him, height-wise. No. Uh, he's been in the ring many times with fighters physically bigger, uh, girth and, and build-wise. And, um, you know, Tyson Fury's style is to tie you up, lean on you, uh, do all those things. He can. He's pretty good with an uppercut, and as somebody pointed out in the uh, chat room, uh, he's so good that he almost knocked himself out with his uppercut <laughs> once. If you've never seen the footage on that, go go punch it up. It's out there. It was pretty funny. Um, but um, but in any event, um, it's going to be an interesting fight. And I agree. Even if it's going to be interesting to see if it's different than what we think it's going to be. That's the interesting That's part. The, yes. And what and you just said. and and I'll agree with you, you know, you take it wrong, but I agree with you about Mark Breland. 
if Deontay Wilder can listen to Mark Breland, uh, and this might be a good fight for him to do so because I don't think Tyson Fury, as big as he is, has that punching power that's going to get Wilder in all kinds of trouble. Now, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he's got the equal, if not more, punching power than uh, Luis Ortiz. The difference with Ortiz was that he was a southpaw. He was he was landing a punch that, that Deontay Wilder did not see coming because he just isn't used to fighting southpaws. And he does have... I think he's got some hand speed, uh, Luis Ortiz. I think they're, it's it's a little more than Tyson Fury. It's There's a lot of ifs. But the big if is if he's able to make $20 million, Sal, because I don't think he is. <laughs> the I don't, big if. I don't think they're going to they're gonna get the numbers that uh, they're hoping for. But, hey, I'm glad the fight's going to happen. It's going to be curious to see. What happens with Anthony Joshua? It looks like Anthony Joshua is going to be fighting Dillian White again. Dillian White certainly has uh, earned it, um, but uh, but we'll wait and see. Uh, hopefully, uh, if this fight is is done in December um, and uh, Deontay wins this fight, there is a weird clause in this fight that gives both fighters, Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury, uh, the opportunity of a rematch, something that... Um, I, I usually you, you, you're getting that from the champion, but, but because they're billing Tyson Fury as the linear heavyweight champion, they actually both fighters have an opportunity to exercise a rematch clause, which means we most likely will not see a Anthony Joshua against either one of these guys in April. So the April fight with Anthony Joshua most likely will be against the Dillian White, or maybe even this bum, fat pig, Jarrell Miller. I don't know. Uh, but uh, we won't be seeing the fight that we all want. Uh, we'll probably see two Wilder Fury fights, unless this fight gets and ends very quickly uh, and somebody gets seriously hurt. Uh, I wouldn't be counting on an AJ-Deontay Wilder matchup. And you want to know something? That favors AJ, Sal, just like it favored Canelo against Triple G. Deontay Wilder is older, and, uh, you know, he could diminish and lose what little skill set he Then again, he doesn't have any skill set. He's got the punching power, right? Hey, you know, I said my statement about Mark Breland, but I did use a definitive word with that statement, and that was maturing. And I believe that as they are working together, I believe that Deontay Wilder has been maturing, whether it's emotionally or, or, or uh, as, as student to teacher, where he will start less listening and grasping. And like I said, I don't think we've seen the best Deontay Wilder yet. I think he rises to the occasion on a level of performance predicated on the opponent that he's got to face. And I, I think we're going to see, as, as his level of competition increases and his challenges increase, I think we'll see an overall fighter that is capable of increasing his ability and his skill set. Yeah, okay. I, I, maybe it's too much faith, but I, I, I think. I don't know. I don't know. Under the, under the tutelage of Mark Breland, uh, you know, remember Deontay Wilder says, I, I'm going to kill somebody in the ring. I, I swear to God, I'm going to kill somebody in the ring. All right, he was uh, a little yeah. immature back okay. then. That was a couple years ago. No, it wasn't. It was a couple months ago. That's it was still a couple. That's still, he still had a little room to mature the last couple of months, okay? Yeah, okay. Well, <laughs> I, I tell you what, No, all kidding aside, Mark Breland is a good trainer. 
you know, Great he need, he needs he needs he needs a different fighter than Deontay Wilder. If Deontay Wilder would have listened, you know what, Deontay Wilder, if he was a boxer with that freakish power, he would be a tough out. I'd give him more of a chance against AJ than I do. The only reason why I give Deontay Wilder a good chance in, with anyone he fights is because of his punching power. But, uh, but you know, until somebody works his body and, and beats him up a little bit, uh, which, you know, he hasn't been in with a good enough fighter to do that. And, you know, that's the truth. You know, he's in there with fighters that don't have the ability to fight. So, you know, how good is he? Tyson Fury but, can but fight. listen to what you're saying. Here, here's what I love, Bill. Yes, he hasn't had a, the opportunity to be in a, uh, in a fight that we've seen a guy get to him uh, quite like Ortiz got to him. But the bottom line is that has to say something about it, either his innate ability to get out of the way, to step back, to be unorthodox, to be flailing. I mean, that's see, this is what I've come to realize. This is his evolving style. This is what he is is about. This is why he's always going to be a dangerous fighter and dangerous opponent to anyone he faces because they can't get to him. They can't get to that. They can't do this. Why is that? Well, because he's got a hell of an offense when he lets those punches fly. Like uh, we use the term, but our friend clued us in on as a drunken octopus and nobody's going to do well against a drunken octopus uh and 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 that all kidding aside uh you know the best defense could be an offense to a degree and there hasn't been anybody that could figure out how to effectively get to the body or do something else or 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 hurt because they're just incapable of doing so because of his offense because of his style because of his his long arms and, and the way he could get out of the range so like I said, I give him more credit than you do, but I think I see a little bit more inside of, of what he is capable of doing. But you're uh, seeing it. But my argument is you're seeing it against terrible fighters, point. terrible yeah, I fighters. I mean, uh, you know, the only t the fight that I give him the most credit for is Luis Ortiz. And I'm know. not and, and, you know, so, uh, you know, where do you draw the line? When do you say he possesses this talent that you say he possesses? When he hasn't had to demonstrate it against a real fighter, that's all I'm saying. But it's yes. an evolving talent. He's learning as he goes, like most fighters should. It's well, you're supposed talent. to learn before. Experience. But you, like I said, it's the level of opposition. You're supposed you to you're, a better opponent. You're supposed to learn it before you become a champion, not no, on the job. When you're a champion, you, you're always learning. It's just when you get caught. I mean, that's what experience. That's the teacher. Experience is life, and and. You're in a fight. You hey, guess what? You've never been hurt before. Wow, I'm hurt now. I mean, the first time I, I was hurt, I, I you know I I I I was like, wow, I'm what hurt. Happened? You know what? I'm hurt right now that you don't agree with me. All right, I'm hurt. I'm hurt. <laughs> but uh, anyway, listen, boys and girls, time flies when you're having fun. Uh, we certainly appreciate you spending uh, your we time with us too. right now, and uh, we look forward to you next week. So uh, make sure you tune in. Next week, same bat time, same bat channel. Until then, I'll leave you with this. Ciao, baby.